We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. Let's turn to a scripture as we do look at this topic of forgiveness today. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14. One of the most, I, I feel one of the most challenging scriptures um, to contend with actually for us. It's not, not an easy topic that we are going to explore today. I acknowledge that, um, but let's go on the journey and let's allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Let's go. Matthew 6, verse 14, it says this, For if you forgive, Jesus' words, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So this goes together. This is connected. Jesus has forgiven you. We come with our sin to Christ. He takes our sin And he removes it from us. There is no more guilt, no more shame. He removes it from us because of what uh, he did on the cross. So we are now clean. We are now free. Isn't that good news? Okay. And he says, now, just like I've done that to you, do that for other people. Now, that's the tricky bit, isn't it? It's, It's nice to receive forgiveness ourselves. To extend that forgiveness, that's a bit harder. But Jesus emphasizes it in the following verse. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. That's what makes it a challenging scripture. Getting a head around that. The important thing to see is this first, before we get into the complexities of forgiveness is to see that forgiving others is an important aspect of living grace, of giving and receiving grace. It's an important part of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. It's emphasized in Matthew chapter 18, where Peter comes to Jesus and asks this question. Uh, Matthew 18 verse 21. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister if he sins against me? Now the the context that you need to see here is in the law there was, you know, there was they, they'd made up rules about how many times you would do this. Like there's got to be a limit, right? And he says, he goes way over that limit. It wasn't just three or four times. He goes, Well, I'll make it seven. You know, I'm really holy today. I'm feeling very gracious today. What about seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Or uh, some versions are 70 times 7. In other words, lots. (laughs) Lots and lots. And then Jesus goes on to say, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. That's a lot of money. Obviously it's exaggerated for the purposes of the parable. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this the servant fell to his knees before him. Oh, please be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay for everything back. In other words, he was asking for grace or asking for forgiveness. All wrapped up in the same thing. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, imagine that, and let him go. 
Imagine if you had a huge debt. You asked for grace and you were given grace. Right. But when the servant went out and found his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins, in other words, a, a fraction of the amount that he had owed, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servants uh, felt, uh, hang on, have I got the right verse here? Yeah, yeah, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay him back. In other words, he's asking for the same grace. You know, you, you receive grace, can I have the same grace? Verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could repay the debt. In other words, judgment. In other words, performance, if you think back a few weeks. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went out and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant a new wicked servant. He said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had had mercy on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he paid back all that he owed. And bags and bags of gold would have taken him a long time. This is how your heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister in your heart. Okay, so parallel scriptures. One's a truth, one's a parable explaining the truth. Pretty challenging, eh? That is pretty challenging. The first thing that we can emphasize that we see here is this is a big deal. Forgiveness is a big issue. We can't just walk away from it and just go, oh, it doesn't matter that much. Jesus goes, this matters. You need to uh, show grace. You need to give others forgiveness in your life just as you have received that forgiveness. So let's step through what we learn from this parable and from these scriptures. The first is that God has graciously forgiven us, so we extend that forgiveness to others. So that's that just makes sense. That's obvious in this parable. We are recipients of grace, so we ought to be givers of grace. If, if there's anyone in the world that should be extending grace in the world, it ought to be Christians, right? Because we've received grace. We know what grace is. It's been extended to us, and as we internalize that, it will be much easier for us to extend that to others. Okay, are we, are we all cool with that? That's at least, it says that at, at least that. Uh, I, I sometimes wonder in my own life um, what I would be like. Have you ever done this? What you would be like if you weren't a Christian? Have you ever pondered on that? <laughs> For me, I think that's actually really scary. <laughs> and one of the things that I I know about, I know enough about myself, is this: that I wouldn't be as gracious to others if Christ hadn't been gracious to me. I've learned grace by what God has done in my life. And I know I need to extend that to others. Here's the second point. God wants forgiveness to permeate every relationship in his creation. In this story, the king showed forgiveness to his servants, okay? And his servants received that grace. In other words, in his household, he's going, this is, what I, this is how I want my house to run. I'll, I want it to be a gracious house. I want it to be a house of grace. Okay? 
And he was expecting that his servants would pick up on this and that would be their culture. And God expects the same of us. He expects that we will extend grace in the world around us. There will be a culture of grace. In the church, there should be a culture of forgiveness, of grace. God paid the ultimate price for grace to be present in the world around us. And how is that grace going to be extended in the world? It's going to be extended through us, through the church. We're the ones that know this grace. So we're the ones that ought to be extending that grace. And people should be looking at the church and going, wow, look at how they forgive, how they don't hold grudges, how they don't hold resentments, how they, how they let things go. It ought to inspire the world around us. Here's the third thing that we see, which is related. God is calling us to multiply his grace in the world by forgiving others. There's a ripple effect here. The, the effect that the master wanted to have on the servant is that it would so grab his heart how much he's been forgiven, the grace that's been extended to him, that he would forgive others, and then others would see that, and they would forgive. It would have a, a ripple effect out in the world, that the kingdom of God is released. And it's the same with us. As we forgive others, as we give grace to others, there is a kingdom impact the kingdom of God grows when you forgive someone. God's kingdom just comes a little bit more in your family or in your workplace or in that relationship you have with someone. God's blessing comes. God's grace comes. God's love comes. His truth comes. His kingdom grows when you do that. But there's a ripple effect. I was talking to someone just this week about... Um, how in their family there was a, a major falling out between brothers and sisters. Uh, and you've got, you're rolling your eyes going, yeah, yeah that sounds about right. It's, it kind of happens in family life, doesn't it? And there was this major falling out, and it wasn't until someone decided, okay, enough's enough. I'm going to call a stop to this. I'm forgiven. It, it's, it's over. It's done. And what was tension and not talking and awkwardness and, and, you know, difficult conversations, suddenly there became freedom. That's what God wants. That's what grace does. That's what forgiveness does. Now, probably most of us are going, okay, we're good up to this point. Now comes the harder stuff. When we choose not to forgive, what these verses are saying is that we are opposing God's grace in the world. So this grace that God wants to bring, this grace that he wants to permeate into the world around us, we're going, no, nah. we're working against it. So the, the kingdom of God that wants to be extended, we're going, no, I'm actually fighting it. We're actually fighting against God when we choose not to forgive. We're saying, God, I don't want your kingdom extended in my family. I don't want your kingdom extended in my life. I'm actually opposing the work of grace. Wow. Now, I, as I was putting this sermon together and I was making this point and I was writing this down this week because it's the logical deduction of the scripture, I think you have to agree with me. I was going... 
am I sure about this? <laughs> because that's a tough thing to say, that we're actually working against God if we don't forgive. You can challenge me on this afterwards, but I can't see any other way you can read that scripture. So if that is the case, holding on to bitterness, resentment, wanting to take revenge, we know that that's not God's way. But have you taken the next step in the logical conclusion of that and realised that if you do that, if you're holding on to that grudge and that bitterness and that resentment and that unforgiveness, you're actually opposing God's work in your life. That's what it's saying. Because what you're saying is, God, I know you've got a way of working and this is the way that you're going to work it and this is what you want me to do, but I've got this. I know better than you. That's what you're saying, which is a lack of trust. It's a lack of faith. You're going against the very relationship that you have with God. You're working against him, not with him. When we choose not to forgive, we're choosing to set aside grace and become the judge instead of God. That's what we're doing. It's saying, look, I know what I'm doing. Like this servant does in the parable. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, the king, oh, your master, yeah, you can do that for me, but I'm not big enough to do that for someone else. I, I, I'll, I'll now be the judge. And he's going, oh, okay, so you want to do it that way? Okay, let's do it that way. <laughs> okay, so now let's call in your debt. You want to be the guy that calls in the debt on you? Well, let's call in your debt. Do we really want to go there? So what Jesus is saying here is that we have been forgiven this enormous debt, the debt of your sin before God, far outweighs anything anyone has ever done to you. Therefore, since that big debt has been paid, well, then you can let go of that small debt that someone owes you. But if you're going to reverse this, God goes, if you're going to reverse this, if you're going to go, okay, um, you're going to call in the debt, you're going to extract revenge, you're going to want the punishment on someone else. Okay, well, let's put that all on you. Now, none of us want that. But that, that's that oppositional grace, that's opposing grace that we're doing if we don't forgive. Jesus is making this point really, really clear. So, I hope at this point... The scriptures has convinced you that this is God's way, that forgiveness is God's way, and it's best that we forgive, not just for the sake of the other person, but for us. We need to forgive for our sake. I need to make a couple of points on forgiveness before we get into the details of how this practically works out in our lives. Here's a couple of notes, and they're in your notes that I gave out today. Forgiveness is the release of judgment in your heart, okay? Forgiveness is not calling something just that was unjust. If you have been um, ripped off, if you've been abused, if you've been hurt, if people have done a wrong to you, which is going to be most, if not all of us in this room, bad things happen, people do bad things to us. 
we're not saying, in saying that we're forgiving them, we're not saying what they did was right. Okay, let's make that really clear. What they did was wrong. We're acknowledging that. An injustice is still an injustice, even once it's, it's forgiven. However, forgiveness is releasing them from you punishing them, from you holding it against them. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is letting them live their life and letting God judge them. That's the important thing. In Romans 12, uh, God says, it is mine to avenge. In other words, you let God judge them. You don't need to judge them. Let God judge them. Or if it is a criminal offence, let the, let the courts judge them. But you release them. They, they, they will still suffer the consequences of their actions. And sometimes it's still right to let justice prevail so that they, they, they do get punished for their actions. But in your heart, you release them. Does that make sense? You, I need to define that difference. The other difference that I see that people note that I need to make that people often confuse with forgiveness is forgiveness is different to trust. Okay? Two different things. Uh, uh, someone lent something... Uh, I have an old camping trailer that I used to use, and I lent it to someone a few years ago, and they managed to roll it. I don't know how you managed to roll a trailer, but they, they damaged this trailer. And then um, and they came back and they said, oh, look, look, I'm sorry for damaging your trailer. Um, you know, are we cool? And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'd rather you have not damaged it, but okay. <laughs> and I knew that they didn't have the means to fix it, so I was like, yeah, we're cool. And I hold... No resentment uh, against this person. But will I lend them my trailer again? No. <laughs> because they haven't proven themselves trustworthy. I've forgiven them. There's no, there's no issue there. I don't want any payment for it or anything like that. I still love them, all that sort of thing. I just wouldn't lend them my trailer. It's just, it's just not safe. So likewise, if you were in an in a, in a abusive relationship, you may uh, remove yourself from that relationship and forgive the person, but you may not trust them again. They would have to earn your trust back. So forgiveness as trust is two different issues. Um, and how do you know? How do you know when you've forgiven someone? You know you've forgiven someone when there is no ill feeling there. You know when you can bless them and you're not going... Oh, yeah, bless them, Lord. <laughs> you know, no, there is actually a freedom in your heart. You go, bless them. You know, you're, you're, you're cool. There is nothing lingering. So what we see in these scriptures, what Jesus is teaching us is that we've received grace and we pass on that grace. This is a grace that God wants to permeate his world and he's going to do it primarily through us forgiving other people. Now, are we all cool with it? We're good? Everyone's okay? Cool. And we are are the agents of this. We're the agents of this forgiveness. Now, here's the bit where we get practical, okay? Because this has all just been a good theoretical exercise up to now. But how do we actually make this practical? How do we do this? In the course of this morning with Lyndon sharing over communion or me sharing this message, there could be someone that's coming to your mind 
that you need to forgive. And that's okay. That's good. That's probably the Holy Spirit prompting you to do something today. What I want you to do at this point, if there is someone that comes to mind, is just ask God prayerfully the question, what would me forgiving this person look like? So the question is, what would me forgiving this person look like? And I just want you to ponder on that, okay, as we carry on this morning. Now, many of you may be thinking, oh, well, I don't have anyone that comes to mind. Okay, for, so if you have someone that comes to mind, that's fine. You just dwell on that person for a minute. Keep praying the prayer that I ask you to pray. But for the rest of us who just can't immediately think of someone who we need to forgive, let me challenge you with someone that you may need to forgive today. In my pastoral experience, almost everyone needs to forgive these individuals in their lives. I have seen people physically, mentally, and emotionally healed almost instantly of other things related in their life because suddenly they're cooperating with God's grace, not opposing God's grace, when they choose to release these particular individuals. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about your parents. Ooh. Now, some of you are getting really uncomfortable at this point, and you're going, ooh, yeah, hmm. There might be some forgiveness issues there. Uh, I appreciate that we are going deep today, and... I'm just praying under my breath that the Holy Spirit does a very gentle and gracious work as we go through this process. We grow up with a deep need to be loved by our parents. We need them to care for us. We need them to love us. But sometimes they don't meet that expectation. And it isn't until you're older that you realise that your parents aren't perfect. None of us, all us parents know, we're very, that's definitely the case, that we're not perfect. And we don't have the capacity to forgive our parents when we're young. We just don't have the maturity to do that. But when we become adults, we internalise grace from other sources, including God, which gives us the capacity to forgive our parents. So even though as a child there may have been bad things happen in your childhood, you are now an adult. You have a capacity now to forgive that you didn't have when you were younger. So let me encourage you, there is the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit in you today to do this. Because some of you are thinking, this is just a step too far. No, it's not. You can do it. God can do it through you. So why is forgiving our parents a big deal? Deuteronomy 5.16 says this, Honour your father and your mother, as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that may go well with you in the land God is giving you. Hear the grace? God wants to extend this 
gracious blessing in your life, that it will go well with you in your life. We will want that, right? What's the condition? That we honour our father and our mother. You cannot be honouring your parents if you are not forgiving. Forgiveness is a prerequisite to honour. And if you give honour, honour and grace will increase. If you give dishonour, you are hindering the work of grace in your family and in your relationships. Now, again, let me take a note here and say I am not dismissing any big injustices that may have been done to you. I appreciate in an audience this size, there are people here that have been terribly treated by your parents, that your parents have significantly let you down. I'm not undermining that at all, okay? I'm, so I'm, we're acknowledging that those injustices have been done. And I'm also acknowledging today, like Lyndon said before, that some of you, this may be easier because your parents still are, are still alive or are close to you, for others, it's more difficult because your parents have passed away or may live at a distance. But what I'm talking about here is what you are going to do in your heart today. Not the conversation you're going to have with them. That's up to God to lead you to do what you'll do afterwards. But what he is doing in you. Okay. So what does it look like? If Coming back to you're either here today and you're thinking of a person that God has prompted you to forgive, or you're thinking about your parents. Let us walk through the process of what that looks like. First of all, just bring to mind the wrongdoing that was done to you or the unmet expectations. Now, I know that's a bit painful. And I know you may have squashed these down. But you have to have something to forgive. Okay? Now I'm going to ask you a challenging question. Why have you not forgiven them previously? What were you afraid of would happen? Did you think that they would be let off the hook, that justice wouldn't be done. I, I don't know, I don't know, but just, just allow the Holy Spirit to gently explore why you may not have released forgiveness to that person or your parents previously. And just bring that fear or bring that hesitation or bring that doubt before God and say, God, I just lay that fear down. I lay that doubt down. Now here's the next big step. Is releasing them from your judgment. You're choosing to not be their judge anymore. So how do you do that? You're saying, God, I give this whole situation, I give what they did or what they didn't do, I give it to you. I lay it at your feet. I, I give you control of the judgment in this situation. I'm choosing not to hold on to this judgment myself. 
Let's pause at this moment and pray. Lord God, I thank you for the work that your Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts right now. And Lord, we, we want to we want to be in the flow of your grace. We want to be the ones that extend grace around us. And Lord, you see the hurt or the unmet expectations or the yeah, just the struggles that we've had with how our parents have treated us or what they've done to each other. Or someone that's done a wrong to us. And Lord, we don't want to hold to be the judge today. We're choosing to not hold on to this offense. Lord, we're choosing to step into your grace. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would pour out your grace, pour out your empowering grace right now so that each one of us will be able to forgive. If you are ready to do that today, I pray that you'd be able to pray this prayer. Lord, I choose to forgive. And then in your heart, name the person that you're thinking about. Lord, I choose to forgive. Lord, I choose to forgive. I choose to release them from my judgment. I choose to release this offense. I choose to let it all go. I give it to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. For some of you, as Lyndon was also sharing before, this may be the beginning of a journey. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. But to put the rock down, which is a great illustration, you need to start by doing something. And I pray today that this is the start of the journey that you're on. And we as pastoral staff are here to help you if you need someone to talk through that journey. We also appreciate that sometimes it takes time. Sometimes you might, I may have challenged you today to release forgiveness to someone that you previously haven't forgiven. Maybe your parents um, today. And you're going, yeah, I really want to do that and I want to do it sincerely and I want to do it truthfully and honestly, but I'm just not there yet. Well, then we'll keep praying that God's grace keeps working in your life and leads you to a point where you can courageously do that. We're not saying do something that, um, that you're not yet ready to do, but what we're saying is, we're encouraging you to go on the journey so that you come to a place where you will be ready. So, what's the final step in this process? Once we're forgiven, 
someone, it's good to test our heart to see, have I really forgiven that person? And the, the test is this, as I was sharing before, is can we release blessing to them? Can you pray for that person in an honest and meaningful way and want their blessing and want their good? If you can do that, then you've forgiven them. But if there's something still niggling inside where you go, mm, yeah, I, I, I want to forgive, but you know, there's just this, yeah, well, there's still probably a little bit of work to do in your heart, okay? There is a, there is a blessing that will flow to your life as you forgive. And the, the debt that's been paid for us is enormous. And when we pass on that freedom, when we pass on that forgiveness, the ripple effect of that grace will be so powerful in your life. I am absolutely convinced of that. In a couple of weeks, um, it may be quite timely actually, when we're sharing these testimonies in a couple of weeks, uh, I'll be listening out for maybe some of the release, some of the freedom that's come because you've chosen to forgive. And the, 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 the effect that it has in your life, and maybe the effect and the change that it will bring to the relationship around you. You may be here today, and you're going, wow, I didn't even know that this was a big deal in Christianity, that this is what Jesus taught. And you're going, why is it such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because forgiveness is, we needed forgiveness. We all stand guilty before a holy God. And we need to receive his forgiveness. And that's what Christians talk about is coming into a relationship with God and being made right with God is, re is receiving that forgiveness. And if you don't know what that's like or you'd want, you want to know more about that, please come and chat to me after the service today. I'd love to have a conversation with you about what receiving that forgiveness from God looks like. For the rest of us who do know that grace, who have received that forgiveness, my prayer this week is that God, as you go through the devotions which are all about forgiveness, and as you ponder on these things, as God continues to do a work in your heart, I pray that you would know the blessing of grace, a blessing that comes when we choose to forgive. I pray that you wouldn't oppose God's grace in your life, but you would flow with God's grace in your life. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.